Greetings in the new year 2011. My name is Russ Shaw. This is episode 113, The Eighth Commandment, Thou Shall Not Steal. That is Jane's Addiction with Ben Caught Stealing. If you want to download any of the songs that you hear, um, the bumpers I play, bumper promos they're called in the radio business, go to the website asi247.org, click on the music tab, and you can do that right from there. I don't get paid a dime for that. That's just a way that I can uh, give back to the artists who have helped influence the the attitudes and the rhythm of the show, so to speak. I have one album on that page that I that I would get a small, tiny commission off of but, uh, from Amazon. But other than that, um, the vast amount of the tunes on there are, um, again, I don't don't get paid a dime for those things. But I do want to give back to the artists who uh, who put out the music. And there's some of you that may be thinking, Russ, do you really want to promote that kind of music? You know, that song. Um, That has everything to do with what I'm going to be talking about. Um, Pressing down through the the different layers of influence and why we're motivated to do some of the things that we do and realizing that we're all servants, all right? That we serve someone we serve something we get up every morning we are servants to something and there is theme music to your life right like i have a a philosophy that says that um gangster rap didn't make the gangster the gangster made the gangster rap okay does that make sense it's what you're influenced by and what gets you moving and as a servant for the Lord Jesus Christ and to help people see some of these uh, traps that we get into in addiction. I'm a servant for Him and I'm playing this music as it relates to the Eighth Commandment. I can't think of a more appropriate song than Been Caught Stealing for the Eighth Commandment, can you? It's a sin to steal, but how deep does that sin go? Breaking through the layers from what what's the, what does sexual ethics have to do with like shoplifting Russ or jacking someone's car? It has everything to do with it. I am fascinated by the cosmos, by the stars and the planets and and all of that uh, that's out there in the universe. And I have a hard time. I just don't see how atheists, how how some folks can look at that and say that that is an accident, that there's not some special intricate engineering that went into these different gravities and energies that are spinning around in motion in space it is fascinating to me and in study of that realizing that us as as beings that were created by God have the same kind of emotional gravitational um, 
burning sense of fuels and energies. I just I find this all this stuff fascinating, and it it, it totally has everything to do with the new year with resolutions right the the word resolution comes from the word a uh, law it's like a legal term it's like placing a law out there um or realizing a law that's out there but we we tend to not see that we tend to not think that we're special and i've talked about that before that dissidence that this energy of dissidence that just not caring and not giving a crap and thinking that we're not special has a gravity of its own Check this out. I wish I was special. You're so special. But I'm a creep. That is the song Creep by the band Radiohead. Um, that song is so, it, it resonates with, with my heart at a certain point in my life. And just thinking that, feeling that, feeling the weight of that, like I'm not special, I'm just a creep. And breaking out of that, I think that that's why we have New Year's resolutions. That's why people look forward to this new year, that we see this new date on the calendar, and it's a chance at a new beginning. So my goal today is to motivate you, but not through just empty, you know, hip-hip, rah-rah motivation, or just more information to, to plug up your second level of your mind with but to really launch you into orbit, so to speak. So you can use your, use your being, right? Use your emotions, use your mind, use your intellectual intelligence to, to worship God and to see your way out of this addiction. If you're addicted, you're just struggling with the concept of sexual ethics, wherever you're at, I just pray that I can, maybe something in this show can, can launch you forward. And my hope is to interject some clarity to you in overcoming what it will take to overcome addiction, to change for real life change. Check this out. I wanted to start with uh, the 10 New Year's resolutions. Actually, we're going to do the top five New Year's resolutions that are kind of a compiled list of, of why people set out New Year's resolutions. And number one was to lose weight. Um, that's a big one, you know, the exercise number two, sometimes that's been combined with one and two, 
work on our body and our appearance is what how that was worded in another uh, top 10 list. Number three is finances, to save money, to take care of the finances, to get finances organized. Um, number four is to be educated, to get more education for job, um, to take another class in college, to be more motivated towards education. Um, number five was to get a job. <laughs> a lot of people said that one. Uh, to change jobs. More people, is an interesting statistic, more people are fired from their job in the month of January than any other time. I think that has something to do with this angst that we have for the new year, this, this thing in us that needs to change and grow. Um, getting a job, uh, getting a promotion, working on getting a promotion. These are things that people aspire to in the new year. Um, to solve some cognitive dissonance for you, hopefully, um, some a few things I've talked about in some previous shows about how the spiritual life and letting God into your heart and letting uh, this spirit-filled life move you from the inside out, you start to change and your addictions start to fall off like um, like a dog sheds hair. Like something that Scott Thomas said. It, it's a beautiful analogy of when our heart gets right and things start to change. But what about discipline? Because there is some discipline involved, Russ, isn't there? Uh, yes, absolutely there's discipline involved. There was times in my recovery where I had to white-knuckle through some situations. There's times where I had to press forward and I had to work and I had to exercise forth in my attitudes, in the way I thought, in the way that I rationalized my behavior, it was discipline. And it hurt sometimes to, in like an exercise, like an athlete, like getting in the gym and running on the, the elliptical for 45 minutes. Is that going to make you feel better? Not when you're doing it. No, it's painful. You're like half hour. I might have got another 15 minutes. Are you joking? Are you kidding me? And most people quit. Most people quit in those moments when we're just like, ah, oh, this sucks. I hate this. Is is eating pizza really that bad? You know, is is having the the food that I want, and, and then we start to think about ourselves and how we feel, and then we think, you know, maybe uh, the way I eat is a bigger, better thing than uh, me looking better. It's these shallow, kind of superficial motivations behind our resolutions, right? And especially for us men, this can be very difficult. Like we tend to be task-oriented, get the job done, um, boom, I'm going to lock this down and get it done. No, it's going to take you discovering who you are a little bit. The Princeton um, Dictionaries, great dictionary, new online dictionary, they cross-reference with uh, medical dictionaries and Webster's Dictionary, and, but I love their definition of this word superficial, the, the first definition. Concerned with or comprehending only what is apparent or obvious, not deep or penetrating emotionally or intellectually. My 
experience in doing this podcast and being in groups for years and, and talking with a lot of different people who are struggling and feel stuck, I will constantly ask not what they're doing, what steps they're taking. I'm the guy who's asking why. Why are you taking those steps? Why are you doing the 12 steps? Why are you taking this course of action now? I talked about the last show, a friend who said he was going to sell his iPhone because he just can't trust himself around his iPhone. Again, I think that's a good thing to do for a certain season. But if you think getting rid of your iPhone forever is going to save you, if that's going to take away temptation for you, it's the reason we do the things. And one of the concepts that I wanted to talk about, I talked about having a short perception span and what that means and how we view the world and how we view others and how we view our situations. But another one is moralistic narcissism okay this big spiritual thing in my country here in the United States we we say things like uh, you, you know you get in spiritual conversations with someone and it's almost a pat answer for them to say oh well if that works for you right like morally if you're a good moral person and that's working for you then great go for it and that's just this icy you know kind of superficial way that we talk about the inner workings of our hearts with people. For those of you who don't know, narcissism is a personality trait of egoism, um, vanity, conceit. It's simple selfishness. Um, and it can be applied to a social group as well. I've been criticized for going after the church. Um, it's not that I'm going after the churches. It's some churches who aren't growing, all right? The Bible says to, to make disciples, to, to plant churches. That's one of our Mars Hill Church in Seattle I go to. That's one of our themes that churches that aren't growing, you, you, well, you shouldn't talk about numbers, Ross. You want people to feel bad. If your church isn't growing monetarily in numbers, all right, you're, you're telling your neighborhood, you're telling your community to go to hell. That's really your attitude by saying that the world is just all kindling and they're all going to hell and we're just going to run away and watch them burn. That's not Christian. That is religion. That kind of self-centered, cold religion is sin. It is a sin. So narcissism is sometimes used to denote elitism or indifference to the plight of others. Uh, the name narcissism was coined and made popular by Freud uh, after Narcissus, who's a Greek myth in Greek mythology, uh, was this uh, self-absorbed young man who fell in love with his own reflection in a pool of water. He just sat there and stared at it forever and, until he died or something. <laughs> it's a weird story, but yeah, he just totally fell in love with his own reflection in this pool. Narcissism. And Jesus talks about it, Revelations 2. These are different letters he makes to the churches. And Revelations 2, 14. But I have a few things against you, he says. You have some there who hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. Again, going back to idolatry. Um, 
the stumbling block that is put out today is the stumbling block of the short perception span. It's the stumbling block of superficiality. A sacrificing to false gods of comfort and looking pretty on the surface. That's really what it is. Social norms are, are these things that we we have that have a heavy impact on an individual. Unless you know someone's backstory, unless you know where someone's come from, unless you understand yourself, your situation, and how heavy that situation has been on you. And even as we judge ourselves, we can have a superficial attitude towards ourselves. And that's when we start to think, oh, we're just a creep, we're just a weirdo. How did we get through some of these situations? How are our emotions influence our motivations, right? The situations are heavy. Rob Willer, the professor at Berkeley in social psychology, talking about all these different studies they do where they try and put people in situations that they've never been in before to test and see what they will do in a social structure when the situation is that heavy on them. Okay? The situations are heavy. It was talking about the concept of orbit that uh, Randy Alcorn talks about. This guy, brilliant guy, I love this guy. Uh, that when our treasure, like Jesus says, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. And we tend to orbit around our treasure. The, the, the most gravity, the most heaviness. Um, we want to, right, fear even. That we're in orbit around our certain, the way we feel things are supposed to be. What I, what I fear most is what seems to be normal to me. And keeping that normal, and keeping an orbit around normal, around comfortable. We revolve around, right, our attitudes start to revolve around. Here's some of the synonyms the, from a thesaurus on, on orbit. It's scope, range, reach, uh, compass, uh, the arena, domain, where we live. And the reason that Jesus says, worship me, the reason that Jesus says, if you love me, follow my commandments, the reason he says, build your house on the rock, if you do these things I, I talk about, if you do these things I, I want you to do, if you are obedient to me over the God of comfort, you will build your house on a solid foundation. When the storms come and, and when the waves crash against it, it will not fall blasting up you know blasting off all right for the human being it's going to take the the gumption to lace up your shoes get on the elliptical uh, whatever it is to actually take some steps to do some work and in the realm of sexual ethics it is some emotional work but it all goes to worship God wants us to obey Him because He loves us. God wants us to be disciplined, to break out of that orbit. Busting through the scope of, of your life, and Jesus says, come to me. I love you, come to me. My yoke is easier, my burden is light, because He loves us and wants good for us. I was in a middle school in Tacoma, 
and it's kind of a rough neighborhood in, in Tacoma, which is a rough city in our state of Washington. And there was this plaque on the wall that said, if you do not learn to discipline yourself, the world will discipline you. I thought that was brilliant. Taking something that's not yours will get you locked up. You will be disciplined. But there's the discipline that we can do from inside ourselves. And when he lights that fire, it is a lot easier. When we reach out, when we push forward, when we push through. I've heard many stories of, of just devastation in families over porn addiction, over affairs. The, it comes down, there's divorce, there's, you know, the, like the story of Pharaoh where constantly God is constantly seeking and coming after us and, and loving us to bring us closer to himself he's pursuing us calling us to him and we will either be disciples be disciplined towards him or the world that doesn't care how you feel this cold world the laws and rules do not care how you feel God does. Jesus does. That's why he came. And there is gravity. There is attractiveness. Our whole lives are, are built on these concepts like Randy Alcorn was talking about. Worship is this constant pouring out that we're always doing. We're always in a kind of orbit. And our treasure, we will gravitate towards our treasure. Will our treasure be in heaven, or will our treasure be something short-term in our short perception span right here? And really, long-term, sustaining, no relapsing recovery is loving Jesus, moving towards our treasure, trusting Him, seeing Him's authority, moving towards Him in relationship, even if you're mad at Him. Even if you're pissed at him, even if you, he loves you, he can take it. He wants you to talk to him. I pray that you learn to worship because that is what this is about. Blasting off, getting out of our orbit is going to take work. It's going to take effort and you worshiped your way into this addiction. Worshiped our way into this massive devastation of sexual ethics that's in the culture and God wants us to worship our way out. I heard the story of uh, guys who start out in racing who they get in the race cars right and they run around the track hundreds of miles an hour over and over again and there's something in us that doesn't want to pull over for the pit stop right? There's something in us that doesn't want to change our tires and change our oil, do the things that we need to do to keep on going. There's a sense of surrender. You will have to surrender. Your own willpower ultimately is not strong enough to see you through. That's why, you know, the 12 steps are so successful in surrendering to something, a higher power that's bigger than you are. 
And in the sexual ethic, the higher power, it, it, it has to be Jesus Christ. Because there has to be grace for you. And there has to be grace for the ones you love. And you will surrender. Alright? This sense that we just have to start on January 1st and just keep on running throughout the year without realizing that there may be times where we fail to live up to our resolution and we break our resolution and we need to start a new January 1st. It's going to take surrender to love, to what you love, to what you're going to give grace to, to what you're going to surrender to in your own sense of being. Who you are is going to surrender to something. You can't just run your motor all the time and not stop for fuel. It's that delayed sanctification. It's the immature race car driver that has this pull, this gravity, this, you know, sinking up with the orbit of wanting to keep on running until his tires fall off. And then when the tires blow out and we're sitting on the side of the road, head in our hands, thinking I'm a creep, I'm a weirdo, are we going to break out of that orbit? God wants us to love Him. He wants us to be disciplined towards Him. And He wants us to surrender to Him when we're at the end of our rope. It's Psalm 51, a broken and contrite heart the Lord does not despise. God's love for us, part of God's character is, is wanting for us to spiritually, emotionally come to Him for fuel. Come to Him for maintenance on our intricate, created by Him heart, because He loves us. We're His children. He doesn't want to be ignored. He wants just to love Him. I mean, God loves us that much. The Creator of the universe loves us that much, and is pursuing us. I mean, it's it's just incredible how much he loves us even in our jacked up sitting by the side of the road messed up state my name is Rush Shaw there is redemption man I'm living proof I have a plaque on the wall that a friend of Mars Hill gave me it says let the redeemed of the Lord say so and I'm saying so he is good he loves you He's after your heart. Let's not break the Eighth Commandment by stealing in our own willpower, by spinning our wheels and blowing out our tires because we think we know better than He does. When we don't work for it, we end up surrendering to that thing rather than us disciplining ourselves to enjoy the things that God's created. Sex is a wonderful, beautiful gift that He's given us. Let's love our wives. Let's surrender our orgasms in the shower and the masturbation in front of the computer to save that, save that equity, that sweat equity, and spend that energy on pursuing our relationships.
loving our spouse, but most of all, loving our God who doesn't want us to steal because he loves us. I love you guys. I'm going to close the show right there. My name is Russ Shaw. The email address is russ at asi247.org. Pray for me. I'm praying for you in this new year. Um, I I pray that you could leave a donation on the website. Keeps this thing alive. Keeps this thing going. It's asi247.org. I'm leave you with a song. We all surrender. This is a Joe Day, friend at Mars Hill Church, pastor at Mars Hill Church, and uh, the drummer in this band is actually was in my community group. He lives here in Everett. And he's a good guy. I love you guys. Till next time. Bye. The feeling of walking. Around in circles is getting old Dead ends and detours On the road of life They make me fall And 